Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, Jackie, the Crypto Juggernaut, and our very special guest, XRP Jenna. So super excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Coinbase shares are down 20% in the past 24 hours. We show our listeners what this sell-off might signify for the entire crypto market. Ripple inks a new deal with FOMO Pay to utilize XRP for on-demand payments around the clock. As monetary speeds increase, we discuss how industries not adopting digital assets are going to be left behind. A new study finds crypto investors to be more attractive in the dating market, while the IMF turns bullish on crypto. After warning investors to stay away from digital assets, they're now bullish on regulation. Mark Cuban is gearing up for a nightmare as crypto regulation is just around the corner, stating it's near impossible to comply with Gary Gensler. And we show our listeners a video of former SEC Chair Jay Clayton stating he encourages you to look at Bill Hinman's speech for market guidance. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Mr. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to skip right by you and go to our special guest this morning because we have XRP Jenna in the building. XRP Jenna, thank you for making time for us this morning. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling amazing. I get to be on the show and hanging out with you guys. Thanks, Abs. <laughs> it's super excited to have you, Jenna. We've got a ton of really good news for our listeners out there. And that FOMO pay development, the more I learn about it, the more I learn this is a global shift. But we're going to kick it to Johnny Crypto this morning. Johnny Crypto, you were out of NFT Tone's bedroom and back in paradise. I'm looking forward to joining you this weekend. How you feeling, my friend? Oh, uh, it's wonderful to be on your rear porch. Rich Dad, this view abs. Thanks for letting me stay here. First of all, good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. Great to see them, and to all my brothers and sisters here on the show today. 
I'm super excited. We got Jackie and Jenna to break up the Sausage Fest. So it's going to be a great day. I can't wait to get started. Amazing. And we're going to dive into some dating information for all of our crypto investors out there. You may be more attractive than you think, but we're going to kick it to Gonzo this morning. Gonzo, of course, you got the diamond hair gear. Thank you for making time for us this morning. How you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling great, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Super excited to be here. Um, I think this is the first time I've been on the show with Jenna, so that's cool. We've been on Twitter Spaces before uh, when I hosted, and she was like, who's hosting? Because she didn't recognize my voice because it was one of the days that you were off. But yeah, uh, it's been a blessed week, and it's just awesome. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. Super G is what they're calling you in the live chat right now, Gonzo. But we're going to kick it to Jackie. Jackie, you came in seconds before the live stream started, so very typical. But thank you for making time for us this morning. We always love having you on. I do what I do best. Uh, I love to be here. <laughs> I really do, even though it's seconds before. I was coming from another meeting, uh, but that, yeah, that goes without saying. Sorry to love put you me. on the spot. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Jackie. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm only kidding, and we love and respect you, but we're going to dive into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. At 3TGM Crypto on Twitter, you get access to every single one of us. We're live on Thursday at 8 p.m. and Monday at 8 p.m., so go check us out. The Bitcoin fear and greed index, we are in moderate fear this morning, sitting at a 28. We're going to skip right past that and get into the total coin market cap because we are sitting just below $1 trillion at $990 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 41% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is sitting at $21,500 this morning. Ethereum, $1,500. XRP is $0.33. Cents. Cardano is $0.47. Cents. Avalanche, $21. Chainlink. $6, Cosmos, 9 bucks, and Stellar is $0.10 cents this morning. But we have a very special guest, so I'm going to put you on the spot, Jenna. With all the turbulence going on in the market today, it seems we're finally getting some bullish price action. People are saying we bottomed out with Bitcoin at 17.5. I'd love to know what's on your mind, and where do you think we are in our market cycle today? Yeah, I mean, it looks like the market sentiment is definitely starting to change, um, which I don't know. I think I'm kind of sad about a little bit because I wanted this to stay lower longer. Um, it's just too hard to say though. I mean, this is only, uh, my second cycle and I think this is only the third one. So anything could happen. It could go up, it could go down, but these prices are amazing. I mean, everything's like what, like 70% below, like it's ATH and everything. So, um, still goodbyes guys, still time to get in. <laughs> right. Totally agree. And everyone's talking about, uh, Ethereum right now. And people are very, very bullish on Ethereum. Personally, I'm going to be watching Cardano over these next couple of months. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear from you, my friend. You've been very bullish on Cardano. What are some of the projects you're going to be watching over these next few weeks? Well, I'm always going to be super bullish on Cardano. It's one of the uh, probably best smart contract platforms that's out there uh, being developed right, slowly, carefully to fix all the problems that the creator created the first time around. So I'm always going to like that one. There's so many I like. Um, but my big favorite ones are the gaming platforms, the metaverse ones, Mana, Gala, Sand. I'm always watching those and dollar cost averaging into them as well. So those, Cardano, Matic, there's just so many. <laughs> XRP, uh, the list goes on and on, but but those are some of my, my favorite top ones. Gonzo, as I'm looking at this Cardano price chart right now, what gets me a little bit nervous is during 2017, we had this historic price pump, got all the way up to a dollar, and then ranged below 10 cents for the next few years. Could be something we're going to go into for the next couple of years in the market today, but I'd love to hear some of your sentiment about all the projects going on. What are you watching this week, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, Johnny kind of already listed them all. You know, what I'm paying attention to is what's going to happen today with the Fed meeting. You know, are they going to go 75 basis points or are they going to go 100? 
Um, I, you know, I think Johnny's right. I think that 75, even maybe the hundreds baked in, I think what people will really focus on is what Papa Powell says, right? If he's going to be uh, more hawkish or if he's going to talk about like that, they're going to look at the, the data because they're going to be off until September. So we won't have any more like um, um, rate hikes until then. So we'll see what the market does. Last night, we kind of had a correction. Now we're kind of pumping up. But like Jenna said, it, it's still a good time. There, there are good um, cryptos out there like Algo, XRP, XLM that you can start dollar cost averaging in. Uh, but yeah, I'm just kind of waiting, waiting for that. See Jackie, what one of the, the projects news. that I've been watching recently is Matic, and I've actually took the time to accumulate this week at 70 cents. I started my dollar cost averaging process. Last week, they announced a scaling solution for Ethereum, and after diving into that news, I'm extremely bullish on Matic, but I'd love to hear some of the projects that you're watching this week, and what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, Matic is definitely a good one to get into. Um, I am looking at a lot of layer ones. Um, layer twos as well, like Matic. Um I also am kind of jumping into launch pads. That's kind of one that I'm kind of an ecosystem that I'm looking into. Um, I know that in a bull run, those aren't, those are ones typically hard to get, uh, to get into, to get a launch pad token. Cause the price is usually up to get into, you know, tokens that are launching on those launch pads. Um, so those are kind of ones that you want to be looking at in the bear market when the price is down. So you can actually get into new token launches. If, if someone's interested in that. That's pretty cool, Jackie. And something I'm going to be watching going forward, but we are about to dive into our first articles for today, which is actually a video for our listeners. We get 160 live listeners out there. Show us some love, smash that like button. If you're looking for our special guest at XRP Jenna on Twitter, she's got about 27,000 followers, puts out amazing content and she's live all the time. I feel like every time I get on Twitter, you are doing a Twitter spaces XRP Jenna, but we got something very interesting for our listeners today as the Winklevoss twins, the former creators of Bitcoin who went to Harvard university are talking about how Ethereum is currently not a security. We're going to let this clip play and then get some comments on the group because we know Ethereum's been given a free pass over these last couple of years. Here we go. I think that what people are conflating recently is the ICOs, which are basically, they're all securities um, dressed up with cryptocurrency or a token. Um, but it's, you know, if it walks like a duck, backs like a duck, like it is a duck, you know, like these, these are, this is a very small sub. I'd like to pause the clip right there and just get some comments from our group because he said something that stuck out to me. And I've seen this time and time again, especially when listening to Gary Gensler, he said, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it is a duck. And they've continued to say that about cryptocurrencies, trying to apply this broad stroke. Johnny Crypto, before we kick it to XRP, Jenna, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about what the Winklevoss twins said there. You know, it was hard to hear the audio apps. I couldn't hear her. You want to repeat what they said? <clears throat> yes. So what I said is, I actually, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, Johnny. But what, I'm going to kick it to Jenna and then we'll circle back to you. Jenna, do you know what they said? I also could not hear the audio very well. I was like. <laughs> okay. So this is what they said. They said that most cryptocurrencies right now are operating. People are claiming that they're operating as securities because if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it is a duck. And when we listen to Gary Gensler, he's used that same analogy time and time again throughout this market. And what sticks out to me is that the Winklevoss twins were using that exact same analogy back in 2018. So Johnny Crypto, I wanted to get some of your thoughts there. Yeah. So Ethereum should change its its icon, its logo to a duck, because guess what? It's a freaking duck. The thing is, S. it's a security, no different than any other one. Just go listen to Vitalik talk about when they were going to launch it and how they were going to do it. He freaking explained the security right as he was describing how they were going to launch Ethereum and how it's not considered a, a, a security today by the SEC is just laughable. It's, a, it's just laughable. 
Jenna, I want to go to you next because when people talk about launching a security, is there any way you can do it? Or sorry, launching a cryptocurrency, is there any way you can do it without it being a security? Because at some point, you're going to have to distribute those tokens and there's going to be financial incentive behind it. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on Ethereum and where Ethereum is compared to XRP. Yeah, well, I mean, you definitely, that's why you have to consult an attorney and get a legal opinion. I mean, not every single token is a security. Not every crypto is a security. Um, so that's why you definitely have to get somebody that's a really good attorney to write everything out for you. And then you don't have these issues once, you know, you go to do your token sale and everything like that. You need to get that before you do a token sale. Um, as far as ETH, I mean, I think it's funny that they're saying it's not a security, but I think that's just because they're defending it so much because of how invested they are in it. Um, so I'm interested to see what plays out with Ethereum down the road and everything like that, um, especially with Coinbase and everything that they have going on. And I just know at least whenever XRP finishes this case, whenever Ripple's done, we'll at least have regulatory clarity and we'll know. And that's what we're all waiting for, because once we get regulatory clarity, I think we're going to see a lot of these technology come to fruition and get some real utility runs. That's what everyone was anticipating for 2021. Are we going to get a utility run? Obviously, that didn't happen, but I do want to hear from Gonzo. Gonzo, you always talk about Ethereum and you talk about the upgrade that we're going to be going through over these next couple of months. When do you think ETHgate will come to fruition? Totally different approach, because I know you're very familiar with the fundamentals. When do you think ETHgate is going to come to fruition and we may see them get attacked for being an unregistered security? Um, I think it, it it's tied into the XRP case, right? I personally don't think that those emails, because they've defended so much, will see the light of day. But it, if we happen to do see them, I think that's where, where it's going to come out. And But do I think that Ethereum is going anywhere? Absolutely not. Did it start off as a security? 100%. Was there all kinds of shady stuff that happened in backdoor deals? 100%, right? But they're so embedded in the financial world that they're not going to go anywhere, right? They're probably going to pay a fine. They're going to say that they were security. And then they're going to say that, well, now from this point forward, they're not a security and they'll get some kind of clarity. And then they're going to just keep moving on like they have been. There's no way they're going to take Ethereum down because to take Ethereum down would literally take down a major part of the cryptocurrency market, right? And, and they're just not going to do that, right? They're so embedded with consensus and all the other financial, right? JP Morgan, all of those guys, they, they won't allow that to happen. Exactly. And what sticks out to me is the Ethereum Alliance, Gonzo. Banking institutions around the world, especially in the, in the United States, are financially incentivized to have Ethereum succeed. So that's why I think they're going to be given a free pass. But Jackie, I'd love to hear some of your closing thoughts here. What are some of your thoughts on, on Ethereum acting as a security and the fact that many of these cryptocurrencies in the market today may be operating as securities? Yeah, I think that's... Um... Gosh, based upon the regulation that we do have, yeah, I think almost everything could be labeled as a security. Um, and that's that's exactly why um, our our regulation from whatever, 19, whatever, you know, needs 1930s, I think is when, you know, what, what, we're, what we're basing this off of. Um, you cannot, back then, nobody even had the fundamental, or nobody even had a clue about crypto, right? So to be able to base it's a goose compared to you're trying to name a duck a goose. So <laughs> if we're going back to the game, um, yeah, I don't think it's fair. Um, and yeah, that's just the more of the reason why we need new regulation. 
I agree. And it's like Johnny Crypto always says, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And the Ethereum Alliance is full of powerful individuals. So I think that's why we're going to be given a free pass. But we got 220 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're looking for our special guest, it's at XRP Jenna on Twitter. We love when she makes time for us, but we're going to dive into our first article for today because we got some very interesting news from billionaire investor and Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban expects the SEC to impose a nightmare when crypto regulation comes around. This is something we always talk about on our channel, but it's interesting to see Mark Cuban come out and be against the SEC. So billionaire Mark Cuban warned in a tweet on Saturday about how the SEC will be regulating crypto tokens going forward. It's a perfect example of the SEC having a clear opinion on how and why certain tokens classify as securities, yet the SEC failed to disclose their own view before launching enforcement action. Do I think this is bad? Wait until you see what they come up with for the registration of tokens. That's the nightmare that Mark Cuban's going to be waiting for when it comes to the crypto industry. How else do you keep thousands of lawyers employed and create reasons for the taxpayer to dump more money into the SEC? This is very funny because they're painting the picture that Gary Gensler is looking to profit off of the lawsuits that he's going uh, that he's putting against the crypto market today. I'd love to start off with the Gonzo, the crypto Goliath. Gonzo, what does this article say to you in the fact that Mark Cuban doesn't trust Gary Gensler, as do we? I mean, he shouldn't, right? I'm pretty sure that he got sued by the SEC and then he beat them, didn't they? Didn't he? I think there was something that happened where he sued them and I think he won. So he knows exactly what the SEC is and what it does. Um, you know, it's just another example of the SEC regulating by enforcement, right? The whole thing that happened with Coinbase, right, where they arrested the product manager with wire fraud and securities fraud, right? So in their minds, they know they have an idea of why, why something or how something is a security. But instead of telling them that ahead of time, they just wait for them to have whatever cryptos on their exchanges and then go after them after the fact, right? And it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just more proof of, of, of them regulating through enforcement. And it's just the wrong way to do things. Jenna, it makes me nervous when the SEC is asking projects to approach them and then the projects that approach them they're actually going after in court so why would it why would i ever approach the sec if i know they're going to take me to court and i don't have the financial means to battle against them like ripple does but i do want to kick it to you here earlier this week the sec claimed that coinbase was selling nine unregistered securities on the exchange but in order for a token to be listed on coinbase they have to go through a process that the sec has already approved so there's lots of narratives going on here what do you think about Coinbase allegedly selling unregistered securities? And what do you think that can mean for the rest of the market? Because so many of the exchanges are selling the same tokens. Oh, man. It's just like, well, I guess they would have to worry about who's registered in the U.S. There's so many factors with this, right? Um, so they'll just have to go after one after the other. But I'm just thinking to myself, I know that they expanded their department. But how much time like, do they really have? Are they going to keep expanding? Like, They're going to keep going after all of these different people, all of these different exchanges. Um, it's, it's a damn disaster. But like, I'm even thinking like Shiba Inu, was that one of them? Because I, I didn't realize this, but I don't even think that they have a legal opinion. Um, there's literally so many. So it's just it's a disaster. But it's a good reminder to definitely get your crypto off of the exchanges don't leave it on Coinbase because I did read an article where it says that they can actually seize your assets. So if they do go bankrupt, which I don't think that they will, but I do think that they will probably have money to fight this case and everything. I just feel like the SEC is just hanging on to something. They literally have nothing. They just keep making up shit as they go is how I feel. 
It's just getting so annoying. But I completely anyway. agree, Jenna. And I think Johnny Crypto agrees. I know you have some comments, my friend. So I'm going to kick it to you. But when we talk about billionaires knowing the game so you don't get played, I think Mark Cuban knows a lot of the things that we don't. And he said something very specific in this article. He said that the nightmare comes when tokens will be forced to register with the SEC. What are you anticipating, Johnny Crypto? Well, Mark's right. I mean, depending on how the SEC sets it up. I mean, we just filed when we created PCA and we had to file some paperwork with the SEC. And thankfully, and we were doing it, it was a little more simpler, but some of the paperwork can be complex. And I won't be surprised if they make it more complex. But to be honest with you, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily so sure I agree with them that it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because it's going to vet and force a lot of these shit coins, as you so will call them, out of the market. And that's what we want. You know, if you're a good, legitimate project, then you're going to take the time. You're going to go through the SEC process. You're going to file. You're going to do it right. And then you're going to be okay. So, you know, I think this is one of those things where he's, um, um, I mean, the truth is it's real. I think he's just exaggerating a bit about it. But, yeah, it is going to be painful. Anytime you got to file with the SEC, it's somewhat painful. And you're going to need attorneys. Just ask XRP Jenna. <laughs> she knows one, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little painful. But it's not going to be a bad thing. I think it'll be a good thing in the long run. Johnny, what gets me you excited know what? about think- Oh, go ahead. Go I was go. just going to say, I- you know what I think the problem is, Johnny? is that it, it depends on how you look at it, right? If you trust the entity of the SEC, then you think that, okay, well, it'll be a good thing. But the problem is, is that a lot of people don't trust them just the way that they've done things and they've carried themselves and mm. how they've selected uh, selective enforcement. And so I don't think, I think there's a huge distrust for the SEC. And so that anything that they come out with is going to be bad for the market or bad for us, just because the way that they've carried themselves. Yeah, no, I think there's some truth to that, that they have lost, you know, they're, you know, we all know the rat, they're like, they're part of the rat snake weasel club, right? No one trusts them right now, the, the SEC, but the reality is, Gonzo, we have no choice. They have to follow it. And so you're right uh, to a certain degree, but the reality is once the rules come out, I don't care how good or bad they are. It doesn't matter. The, the institutions are going to read the rules because they'll have a shit ton of attorneys reading them. They'll, they'll know the rules, they'll follow the rules, and then it's going to unlock a ton of liquidity to come in this market and frankly that's all i'm looking for i'm waiting for that moment so whether this is a painful process or not it doesn't matter attorneys are paid to do this they know how to do it they'll walk through this process they'll probably skim through it easily and then we'll be you know and then this market will finally be able to take off in my opinion I feel like to add to that, like, I feel like a lot of these projects are like, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Like, why do I want to go to the SEC and to even get their opinion on anything? Let me try and make a run of this, see what money I can make. And then later, and maybe I can get good attorneys on my team. My project has taken off. Maybe now I can settle. You know what I mean? So I totally agree, Jenna. And I think a lot of these projects are barely getting by. So the fact that if the SEC sues them, that's exactly what would be needed to push them under and make them insolvent. But there's a really interesting quote. I wanted to kick it to Jackie here because Mark Cuban said that if Gary Gensler, if you were working on behalf of investors, you would make it easy for questions by investors and business people to be asked and answered. Instead, you make it near impossible. And those who can't afford lawyers, well, they can only guess. And that's exactly what Jenna just brought up there. But I want to kick it to Jackie. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, that's exactly true. Um, we've talked about this time and time again. Anytime you know anybody tries to do it the right way, um, they immediately get turned down um, or looked into um, and deemed deemed a security and you know something to take cautious on or caution on. So, I I agree with what he is saying. I agree with a lot of what Johnny was saying as well. Um, you know, these lawmakers they don't they don't follow the laws, but everyone else has to. So, it, it yeah, it's not fair, but that's kind of 
kind of what needs to be done. Um, I guess at the moment in time, at this moment in time, until whenever that regulation uh, can that's been kicked down the road actually stops getting kicked down the road and we actually see something come of it. Um, but yeah, that is, I guess that's the best thing to do right now. Awesome. And we got 245 live listeners out there. Show us some love, show us some support and smash that like button. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto topics on a daily basis. And when we talk about relevant crypto topics, we don't usually talk about Jim Cramer, but today we got some news for you guys. This man is unbelievable. He was telling listeners to buy Coinbase at 475. And then after the SEC brought this litigation against Coinbase, he said, I've been waiting for this SEC investigation of Coinbase to happen for ages. Now, here we go. You can't just do what you want with securities in this country. This is so funny because you can apply this to so many different aspects of the market. The fact that he was telling you to buy at all-time highs and he's telling you to stay away at all-time lows, or the fact that he's saying he's pro-SEC and that all the cryptocurrencies are securities. Jenna, I'd love to start with you. What are some of your thoughts on Jim Cramer's statements here? I think he's an idiot. <laughs> like, bro, what are you talking about? Shut up. We know like you don't buy anything when it first comes out anyway, but then you're you're making it post, you're contradicting yourself. Just stop while you're ahead, buddy. Yes, completely agree, Jenna. And I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto. Johnny, this made me laugh and I legitimately thought of you the second I saw this tweet. Why don't you share with our listeners some of your thoughts? Well, first of all, we know that he's the king of the rat snake weasel club. And if that ain't more proof right there, it's even worse than what you see here. <clears throat> if you see what he wrote, he was saying, we like Coinbase to 2475, right? Coinbase never got to 475. Coinbase was around 350. So think about what this rat snake weasel Even worse. Yeah, exactly. He was telling people, so when it was around, I don't know, 343. Every rat snake weasel, Johnny's social score goes down. <laughs> yeah, he was telling my, oh, my social score is already a zero. He was telling people that it was going to go to 475 when it was at 350. So what does that tell you about this guy's uh, integrity, right? He was really hosing people because he knew it was over. Right. And he knew his buddies were dumping on him. So he had to put a high target. Everybody thinks it's still going another hundred dollars higher. And meanwhile, they're getting dumped on that. That's what he does. And that's why I tell everybody, you do the opposite of what Kramer says. If Kramer says it's going up, most likely it's going down. If Kramer says we're going down, most likely we're going up. So Gonzo, I'm going to come to you next because applying that exact same knowledge, does this mean we're at a local bottom for Coinbase? We saw one of our massive investors, I don't want to give it away, but we know who it is, dump 1.4 million shares of Coinbase yesterday, driving the entire market cap down 20%. What does this tweet indicate to you and how do you feel about the market overall? Yeah, I mean, I think we could be seeing a bottom here for the Coinbase stock, right? I mean, this this guy's like everybody said, this guy's absolutely scandalous, right? He was the same guy that was telling people to buy Ethereum like at 3K. You know, and he's supposedly a financial advisor, right? We are not financial advisors. We always tell people what we do, but at least like when I was saying, hey, anytime uh, Ethereum goes below 1K, great buy, right? And that's playing out pretty good right about now, right? And so he was telling people to buy at 3,000. Again, like what Johnny said, he was telling people to buy Coinbase at 475, which is close, I think, to the all-time high, if not the all-time high. So, you know, please, please don't listen to this man. And if he tells you something, you should be doing the exact opposite of what he tells you, like everybody said. But yeah, I, I mean, Coinbase stock is going to be getting crushed. I and mean, we're going to talk about like the sell-off from, from that major investment firm. And now with the SEC going after, it'll just be like what happened with XRP, right? When the SEC lawsuit was called, it completely uh, crashed. So if you're into stocks and you're into tech stocks and you believe in Coinbase, then uh, it might be a time to start DCing in once you, we, we get some clarity on if they're actually going to get sued or not. Because I guarantee you that their stock's absolutely going to get crushed.
Jackie, when I see mainstream mainstream news articles like this talking about people like Jim Cramer, I often wonder who's lining their pockets to allow them to have these opinions. It's similar to the congressman we observed last week. He came out and he said XRP's a security. We looked into who's funding his campaign and it's Klaus Schwab and BlackRock, right? So I'm really interested to see who's funding Jim Cramer and what leads him to have these opinions at the absolute worst time. But what are some of your thoughts, Jackie, before we jump into our next article? I wouldn't be shocked if it was Klaus Schwab and BlackRock lining his pockets, too. They've got enough money to line everyone's pockets. My goodness. Um, gosh, that's a good question. I saw someone in the chat ask that same question uh, who was paying him off. I, I I bet he gets a massive paycheck to say what he says. There's no way that someone could be this consistent, um, even though he's wrong, this consistently wrong, because <laughs> it's a 50-50 chance. But he always seems to nail the, the top and bottom oppositely. So... I actually want to hire him. <laughs> That's a good point, Jackie. So you, Johnny Crypto, you, oh, go ahead, Johnny. If you want to know who's paying, I guess just all you all you got to do is go look into his history. Do you guys know where he worked? No. Goldman Sachs. Do I need to oh, say yes. Do wow. I need to say anything more? And guess who they're connected to? I ain't saying it on the on the air, but we all know who they're connected to. So there you go. That's who's it. That's who's paying him, and that's why he'll always be on TV, and that's why you do opposite of what he says. Well, we ask, and Johnny Crypto answers. We got 259 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smack that like button. We're about to dive into one of our – this may be the most important article we've ever covered on this show because a study finds that crypto investors are more attractive and smarter. This is very interesting. So crypto investors perceive more favorable than non-investors in the dating market – Crypto investors are seen as more attractive, smarter, and wealthier than non-crypto investors. 1,002 Americans were surveyed. 50% of female respondents perceive crypto investors to be more attractive than non-crypto investors. But here's the really interesting statistic. More than three quarters of respondents would swipe right on someone if they mentioned crypto in their bio on a dating app. 55% they're more likely to go on a date or meet up with someone if they invest in crypto, I'd love to go to our two special guests first. We'll start off with Jenna. Jenna, let me just ask you straight up. If somebody is investing in crypto, does that make them more appealing to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's like that whole thing like, you know, he's a four, but he hodls XRP, then he's a 10. You know what I mean? But yeah, you've got to be in crypto because at this point, it's such a big part of my life. Like I couldn't imagine being with someone who was not in crypto. I don't think it would work out and I don't think we would understand each other. So I think that we're definitely going to see that. Like I just saw um, a crypto dating app or it's going to be like a Twitter space. It's like a speed dating one that my friends, she's starting that. And I just think it's such a great idea. It's called Hoddle Me. Like, isn't that adorable? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I met my boyfriend on a crypto podcast. So it all works out. Hey, that's I, pretty cool. So crypto is not only creating generational wealth, Jenna, <laughs> it's creating general generationally wealthy families. But Johnny Crypto, this article, for, the first person I thought of was you here because not only because of your beautiful phrase, my friend, but because you are not, you are a very great crypto investor. So what are some of your thoughts on this article? Of course, I'm just kidding around. I'm just thinking that if I had, if I, if I had a, a dating profile app, I'd go put cryptocurrency in there. So listen, guys, all you guys out there, if you don't have anything about crypto in your, in your dating app profile, you better add it in there because apparently you got a better chance of getting a date. <laughs> Oh, Jackie, fine. I got to ask you, does this increase somebody's chances of getting a date? If you met a guy, guy A has XRP, guy A, guy B knows nothing about crypto, which one's more appealing? I would say, I would say obviously the crypto one, but there are for many reasons for that because they seem more aware of what's actually going on in the world. Um, and, and also they, I seriously, most of the people in the crypto space, they have a very, um, like-minded mindset you know and the mindset's pretty strong 
Um, mm. And so that is why I I do definitely like if if someone says they're into crypto, you know, it's kind of like a a perk because you yeah you kind of are interested in in other things that they study or or kind of hobbies things like that. Jackie, my last question that I have for you. Hold on, Abs. Here's the real question to the ladies. What if they put in there that they're a Bitcoin maxi? Mm. <laughs> now we, no, I mean, Does maxis just have a toxic mentality. It, no matter what maxi you are, no matter what maxi you are, right? So oh, it's all in all inclusive, all love. We we teach love. We we preach. Did you hear love. that, guys? Don't put in there that you're a maxi. Just put in there that you love cryptocurrency. There, there you go. go. Um, we we help everybody from mindset to dating apps to crypto, anything you want. We got you covered here at the 3 Cap. <laughs> awesome, guys. So if you're looking to advance your chances in the dating pool, of course, mention <laughs> cryptocurrencies in your dating profile. We got 239 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are right about to get back into the cryptocurrency information today because we had Kathy Woods of ARK Invest dump over 1.4 million shares of Coinbase plummeting the price over 20% in a single day. So three funds capital, which is owned by ARK Invest, Kathy Woods, ARK Invest, sold more than 1.4 million shares of Coinbase yesterday. The move comes after three months ago. They purchased more than half a million shares in May. Now they sold at a major loss, selling 21% of their 21% of the total supply of Coinbase's shares. And that pushed the price down to $52.93 yesterday. I found this to be very interesting because it's an indicator about where we are in the market today. Kathy Woods is one of the most prominent and, and successful investors in the American markets today. And the fact that she's dumping her Coinbase shares, not only at a loss, but close to the bottom, it's lower than it's almost ever been. What does that say to you? I'd love to start with XRP. Jenna, then we'll kick it to Gonzo. Um, I want to know what her next play is. Like, I get, <laughs> I know that they're getting sued and we know the same thing kind of happened whenever like Tesla was getting sued by the SEC, everybody dumped their stock and everything. And then of course, you know, once the case was over, what happened, it shot back up. So this could be potentially a good buying opportunity for us later. But I did read an article that also said that it's expected to drop another 60% by September. So whether that's right or not, I don't know, but she's a very intelligent woman. So obviously I think it's a good idea to keep our eyes open but this just makes me think about like it's already down 70 like 79 percent for the year that's that's a lot to be down and this other dude was just pushing it at like 475 like come on and now he is like it's all over the place but it could be a great buying opportunity um it's just i have no idea what's going to actually happen do they have the money to fight it who knows Gonzo, I'd love to hear from you next. There's a lot of rumors of Coinbase being insolvent, and Kathy Woods dumping all these shares tells me she may know something that we do not. What does this article indicate to you, and how do you feel about Coinbase overall? Yeah, you, you know, um, I don't have any crypto on Coinbase. I moved it off. You know, if I buy anything on Coinbase, I, I move it immediately into my wallet. Um, as far as, like, uh, what Kathy Woods is doing, you know, we just don't know in the background why they did it. I mean, obviously... It could be because of the SEC lawsuit, but with the whole Tesla thing, right? They said they needed some cash, and that's why they sold their Bitcoin, right? It wasn't a um, it wasn't a negative hit against Bitcoin, so it's hard to say that this isn't a negative hit towards Coinbase because of the SEC lawsuit. But uh, it's just not good for them, right? I, I just I'm not into stocks, but definitely, do I think that um, we're going to still have a major correction um, in the fall? Um, I think that's coming, not just for cryptocurrency, but for the housing market, for the stock market. So I definitely could see Coinbase 
coming down a significant amount more, right? Because it, it almost, it's, it's a tech stock, right? So it almost acts like crypto. So it has these major, major upswings or major, major pullbacks. So if you're going to invest in that, I definitely would probably mm. not financial advice, but if it was me and I was going to put my money in there, I would wait to see what happens because I definitely think it could go lower. Yes. And Johnny Crypto, one of the things that people complain about in crypto is the volatility. Well, this thing has been more volatile than a lot of crypto assets. But I want to move this to a different conversation because when I look at the exchanges that are performing, even during this bear market, two come to mind. That would be Binance and FTX that are continuing to expand even during these turbulent times. What exchanges are you trusting? I actually read some news yesterday that Kraken may be the latest exchange to go insolvent, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, Johnny. Well, first of all, you know, looking at the before I happened to the Kathy Woods thing, it's interesting because you, first you had Elon dumping Bitcoin for a loss. Now you got Kathy dumping Coinbase for a loss. So those are those are things that I keep. Those are things that pique my interest. That's where I I start to see a red flag. Something's not right here because typically the elites don't ever sell. They usually don't lose, and when they lose and they lose big like that, you know, it tells you that they either. Needed a write-off for the end of the year, right? But we're not near the end of the year yet, so why write-off yet? Or they think a bigger drop is coming, which we've all been saying. We think there's going to be a major, major, I think there's going to be a major crash in October in the whole entire economic uh, aspect. And I think crypto and the stock market is going to take a hit for that. So maybe they're dumping now because they know something something bigger is coming. So that is that is concerning. This should be very concerning. In terms of exchanges, um, I've always liked Kraken. <laughs> Unfortunately, I sent you the article yesterday. So who the freak knows now? I always thought they were the strongest. I, I still love BitTrue. Um, and I'm still using both of those two right now. But it's certainly something. And, and, and Nexo. But again, there's, there's, there's questions around all of these. So it's very scary. And all of Jenna said it earlier. You probably should move all your stuff onto wallets for the safest, safest, uh, it's the safest bet. Johnny, and what catches my attention about what you said there is the fact that all these billionaires are selling off. And we've heard Kevin O'Leary and multiple other plugged-in influencers talk about the black swan event that's going to come for this market, the real terrifying black swan event. It's yet to happen. Many people expected that to be the Terra Luna collapse. But now we got these billionaires not only selling their assets, but calling for lower lows. XRP, Jenna, I'd love to go back to you here. What are some of your thoughts on the fact that we may see lower lows and many of these billionaires are dumping assets at a loss? I wonder what they know behind the scenes. Well, I mean, they're dumping a loss just so they can buy the dips later. I think that it's important to kind of keep an eye on what they're doing so we can also follow suit. But, you know, as retail investors, we're, we happen to know usually later. That's the problem. But we still at least know we can keep our eyes open to where everything's happening. I think crypto could still go lower, like I said in the beginning. But that's why I think the importance of dollar cost averaging in for normal people is so important. Just little by little by little. And that way it just makes it a lot easier. And the pain never does go lower. Jackie, we always talk about if you're going to build a billion dollar portfolio, that's done in a bear market. But with billionaires selling at these lows, it makes me a little bit nervous that we may be seeing lower lows that many aren't anticipating. There's been rumors of a $700 Ethereum. There's been rumors of a $12,000 Bitcoin. What are you anticipating if we do see lower lows? Yeah, I think that would be a blessing. Um, we always say that billionaires are made during a bear market and more billionaires can be made, you know, the lower the price goes. So I always keep the mentality. Um, it's not going to zero. Um, and if, if it's not going to zero, eventually it's going up. So um, the more lower price action you see count as a blessing. Um, so I actually read nothing. something. Oh, sorry, Jackie. No, that's you're good. Go ahead. 
didn't mean to cut you off there. I just heard something very interesting yesterday, and it was talking about how financial advisors in Saudi Arabia, they get the highest annual salary on the planet. And when I learned how much they're making for a low-tier financial advisor, if you are if you are managing one of these Saudi Arabian princes funds, you are taking in starting salary $130 million per year. That is your starting salary. So when we talk about creating generational wealth and how this market's going to create tons of billionaires, you got to lose that scarcity mindset because there's more money out there and in this market than you could even believe. And that's why when we talk about 2025, all this generational wealth and these billionaires coming in, that's because by then, all of that money that they printed in 2021 and after is going to be circulating. There's going to be more money than ever. And these assets, many of them are going to be higher than ever. But I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto because he always talks about 2025, not only being the year of institutional adoption, but the year that we create generational wealth. Why don't you speak to that a little bit? And then I'm going to delve in, dive into some XRP news. Well, as I've been saying, I just think the adoption. So I'm in the technology space, right? And I know that the technology takes time to uh, to develop, to debug, test, and then integrate, right? And so to do that and to get it so that then they all have to work together. I mean, these things, they're not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a few years. And then you're, you're going to need, in this case, um, because some of these technologies also are, are being traded on on the exchanges you're going to need regulation you just need a lot of pieces in place for all this stuff to happen and it's and these things don't happen quickly overnight it's not how the 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 world works look at the internet started in 1996 when all the technology but it's really flourishing now you know 20 years later the crypto market space and the metaverse and all that that's all gonna be flourishing 20 years from now and those who are young and you're buying now and you hold this for 10 15 20 years oh my god you're Probably going to be super. You might even you might be a trillionaire. I mean, okay, maybe not that high, but you could probably be super, super rich. The problem is most people, when this thing starts to explode in the next two, three, four years, are going to dump. They're going to do what I did. You're all going to dump your stuff like I did with Amazon. I bought it at $17. I sold it at $27, thinking I was the best trader ever, make $1,000, you know, a couple, a couple, what, 10 bucks a share, right? And then the freaking thing went to $3,000 10, 20 years later. So don't be me. Don't make my mistake. I ain't making that mistake again. Make sure you carry some of your bags way into the future. I'm not a financial advisor. That's not financial advice. That's just what I'm doing. Gonzo, we covered an article yesterday talking about how the Rockefeller International Foundation said that Bitcoin may perform like Amazon did during the dot-com bubble. So what Amazon did is it had a 90% pullback. And after that pullback, it went on to do a 300x over the next two decades. We've got the Rockefeller Foundation calling for Bitcoin to do the same thing. What are some of your thoughts on this bear market in particular and how people need to stay focused on the long-term time frame? Because that's when we make our billions. Yeah, you know, everything that we do is, is speculation, right? But we can look back at the charts, we can look back at the history, and you can see that people that got in earlier and held on have done very well, right? That's why we always talk about knowing the cycles, know when we're in a bull run, we're in a bear market, right? We're in a bear market. And so like Jenna said at the beginning of the show, it's easy, just dollar cost average, right? When we're down, you just consistently buy during a bear market, and then you hold on, like Johnny said, for a long period of time, right? I don't, I don't just think that's um, for Bitcoin, that that's going to be for our, you know, XRP. I love Ethereum. Um, you know, some of the other layer ones like Avalanche, Dot. Some of the ones that we believe are going to be around, right? That are going to survive regulations. Those are the ones that you want to invest in now when they're down, and then hold long term, right? Um, like I have bags that I keep long term, and then I have bags that I'm going to pull profits on that I have exit prices on when we go into the next bull run. When Johnny talks about in 2025. 
but um, it's all about having a long-term time horizon, right? Because that's one thing that we can't say with 100% certainty is that the longer that you're in this market, um, the better it is for you. Johnny, or sorry, Jackie, one of our listeners said, JT, he's going on record here, and he said that the lows are in. Every single one of one of us on this panel has said that we think that there may be lower lows on the horizon, but I want to go to you, and I'd like to ask you to have the other approach. How are you going to be reacting if we don't get lower lows? If, we, if this market continues to go bullish, and we end up in September, October, and we've just been ranging up, what are you going to be doing? I actually saw that comment, and uh, then I thought about um... – Ark Invest selling, uh, you know, out of their coin shares, um, you, you know, they might be they might be liquidating over there and they might be buying into the crypto market. Who knows? You know, um, but if we do continue to go up from here, um, I will be like Gonzo said, I will be taking profits off of um, off of my more short term plays um, because I that's how I have done my investing. And that's how I kind of um, not advise, but I I I state how I do it. And, um, hopefully other people kind of take that same approach of making a long-term bag, midterm, short-term, um, that way you're kind of playing all, all ends of the field in case things go up in case things go down. Um, so for the short term, and if it is in, in into October, um, November, I will be taking, I will be taking profits and, and keeping some, you know, liquid on the side. And then of course, keeping my long-term for, for a very, very, very long term. Gonzo, so just to close this out here, Jackie brought up something important, which is that typically when we get to all-time highs and the market goes into a bear market, everybody's anticipating getting us that last 20, 30, 40%. And I feel like we're going through the same thing in a bear market now. We've already regressed 70, 80%, yet most of us are calling for lower lows. What are some of your thoughts there that, well, the bear market, it's going to end when everyone's expecting lower lows, not when everybody thinks we're going to head bullish? Um, you know, just my thoughts on the bear market is, I just don't feel like we felt that max pain. Like, yeah, it got bad, but it, you know, and I wasn't around in the last bear market, but I've done a lot of research. I've talked to a lot of people there around and what they describe that feeling of capitulation. I just feel like we haven't been there now. What we don't know is we didn't go mass euphoria when we were on the other side, right? 69. So does that mean that we don't go max pain? I don't think so. When you look at the macro environment of what's going on with the fed inflation, the stock market coming down, with Shemita, the eclipses, you put that all together. And for me, what I'm leaning into is that we're going to get a rally during the summer and then we're going to get some serious max pain going into October, November. And we're going to get, you know, and we're going to come down. That's, that's what I'm leaning into, but I make it easy. I'm going to continue to dollar cost average all the way down so that I get a piece of all the, all the way down, right? And then so that spread will get me closer to that bottom because we're not going to be able to time the bottom, right? You don't right. see the bottom until like we've passed it, right? So right. if you continue to dollar cost average as we go down and hit it and then come back up, then then you have that spread. Yeah, yeah. And just to build on that, you know, when when you um when you for, first of all, I hope JT's right. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, JT, I hope you're right. I hope the low is in. I'm not so sure it is in because you know, we know that typically uh in a Smitha year specifically, October is usually a bad month. So I'm I'm planning in myself personally preparing for the worst of the worst in October, November timeframe, right? Uh, September, October ish. But if it doesn't happen, great. But if it does, at least we're mentally prepared. However, I think between now and then we are going to get a nice little short run or pump up. And I think that's why it's so important. Jackie touched on this a little bit about exit plan or having your points ready. Guys, make sure you have an exit plan. That's really what's important. 
That's why if you haven't come check out the 3T Academy, click on the link below. You can join our free Discord if you want to come and just chat with like-minded individuals. Uh, you can talk, to, talk about strategies. If you join the Academy, you actually get access to a, a tool we created in there to create your own exit strategy. And more importantly, make sure you don't forget to go sign up. And I'm showing it right up here on the screen. Go to at Get Merlin Crypto. Go sign up for our three for, uh, free 30-day notice trial for our, our, our app. When it comes out, you'll be able to actually create your own exit strategies. You'll also be able to, if there's an influencer you follow and like, we are signing up with a few influencers. They'll also have their exit strategies that you can connect and follow theirs. So it's really, really cool. So sign up for this. Get on the wait list. And as soon as we have it available, you'll get a notification. You'll be the first one to get to try it out. But remember, guys, exit plan is so important. Can I ask Johnny a question in the panel? I just want to know Absolutely. how many cryptos is too many? Because I know we're making an exit strategy with Merlin, and I love that. So I think that's like the top five. But how many bags is too many bags? Do you guys that's want me to go first? Because my bags are way too – I think I've got 35 cryptocurrencies. Now, it, some of them I only have maybe $100, $200, $300 in. But some of these other ones that I'm betting heavily on, like Cosmos, like XRP, like Ethereum, I've got huge bags in about a dozen cryptocurrencies. So – a lot of people say you should really narrow your approach. I'm taking a different look at it because I don't think we know who's going to succeed in this market, especially when it comes to DeFi. So I'm copying Kevin O'Leary and I'm saying, I see 20 projects that have the possibility of coming successful. These are the ones I'm betting on. Okay. And uh, and uh, by the way, Abs, your name is Abs, not Johnny, just for the record. But that's okay. I love you. Anyway. What did I say? Did I say Johnny? <laughs> no. Oh, she sorry. Said, sorry, Johnny. Johnny, Johnny. 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 Okay. I love you. I'm just messing with you. So, so I got a little different approach. So, so Jenna, by the way, that's a wonderful question. We get asked that question all the time on this show. How many coins is enough coins? Uh, how many coins of XRP do you have to have and all that stuff? Right. And really that comes down to the person who you are and, and what your, your capability is. But for me personally, I have about 40 coins and I have about the bulk though. My money is in about 10. 10 really solid, true, and you guys know them all because I talk about them all the time. So there's a good shot. But I also take the Andrew cash flow approach, and I take two to $500, and I put them in a bunch of these other smaller ones that I like. Because what do I tell you guys? There's 20,000 coins out there. There's only going to be maybe 1,000 that win. And the reality is you want to have bets, or I want to have small bets on all these different racehorses because I only need one or two of these racehorses to hit. I don't know which ones are going to hit. So I've got a bag of about 40, 10 that I really have the, the good chunk of my money, maybe 80%. And then the other 20%, I do the 80-20 rule. The other 20% is split in those other 30 coins, small amounts. But again, if they you know if they hit, it's going to be a, it's going to be a beautiful day. So that's a great question, Jenna. Thanks for bringing that up. Yes, and I'd love to hear from Jackie and Gonzo there. If you guys are comfortable, how many cryptocurrencies are you holding and what's your response to Jenna? Uh, let's start off with Jackie. Does that mean Gonzo goes? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you play the abs rule, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Gonzo. No, I love you guys so much. Um, I'm I'm kind of like abs. I guys, I just nerd out when it comes to crypto. So when I when I read more about a project, I'm like, oh, I gotta get more, you know. And then and then you get into another one, and and that's, gosh, when I first got into the market, I can't even tell you it was really bad. But to keep my message concise, uh, I'll stop going off on different tangents. Um. Mine, I, I probably consolidated down to 10. Um, I saw Jeremy, our CFO in the chat. He uh, said five. I think I'm doing okay. I'm just double that. So <laughs> yeah, double Jeremy. That's a good approach. Gonzo, I'd love to go to you next. Double Some Jeremy. of the projects that, 
One of the things that Kevin O'Leary has been saying is that he's not putting more than 5% of his total portfolio into any crypto project. I think that might be a good thing to apply to one of your portfolios, but how are you approaching this market and how many uh, cryptocurrency projects are you holding, Gonzo? Yeah, so uh, I think I counted the other day. I kind of condensed down. I, I think I have 20 and probably my top 10 um, I really like focus on. But like Johnny said, for my more speculative stuff, um, I don't do any more than 500 bucks, right? Because I've seen the moves that some of these cryptos have made. 500 bucks sometimes just goes to the moon, whether it was Chainlink, Matic at the beginning, right? Gala at the beginning. It, Cardano. It a lot. Axie yeah, Affinity. Cardano. Axie so, blew up. Right? Mm. Yeah. So like for like the metaverse stuff, like Dome, Rain, all that, it, it's just a few hundred bucks. And then I just, they're either staked or they're put off to the side. But um, I, I think I counted 20. And like I said, I started off with like the top five, focusing on those. And once I felt I had a significant amount, I've expanded that to the top 10, right? And I'm sure it'll eventually, ex- depending on how long we stay in the bear market, um, and I'll expand that to get to the top 20, right? But I focus on the top ones first and just keep expanding out. Um, you know, it just depends on how long we stay in this bear market. And I do want to throw this out there. One of the projects I'm really excited to have an opportunity to accumulate is Quant. So Quant is one that I'm going to be watching. But we have 267 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button at XRP Jenna on Twitter. She puts out fantastic comp, comp or she puts out fantastic content, and she has over 27,000 followers. So go check her out. But I pulled up something very interesting while we were talking. I found the XRP rich list. And what sticks out to me here is that if you want to be in the top 1% of XRP holders on the planet, you need about 60,500 XRP. Of course, I'm not going to ask any of, any of our panelists how many XRP they own, but I'd love to ask you what you think is an appropriate goal for many of our listeners out there. If we are going to get to some of the numbers that we're talking about, whether that's $5, $10, or $589, you can play the game and see how profitable you would be. What do you think is a realistic target for many of our listeners out there? Do you think they should be aiming for 10,000 XRP, 50,000 XRP? Or, or what are some of your thoughts? Let's start off with Jenna. <laughs> it depends on how rich you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like in the beginning when I didn't know any better, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy one XRP for every $10,000 I want. Now <laughs> I'm a little bit more realistic. But I think that honestly, I think a good bag, especially at these prices, we all DCIA in on um, is, you know, at least to hold 20000 That was like my first goal. I, I just wanted to keep my eye on that. And then you have to think of when am I going to take gains? Because people are like, I'll never take profit. That's not true. You need to eventually take profit you can't hold something for forever and now that we've seen market cycles it doesn't matter which crypto it is what goes up must come down so you just need to sit yourself aside a little bit of time figure out how am i going to be happy at ten dollars you know how much do i want to take then how much do i want to leave in here and like jackie said three different bags is a great idea very cool and and what's interesting is that coach jv did an interview last week with a guy, I cannot remember his name, but he talked about a buyback for XRP being $35,000. So it may just take about 10 XRP to get to 350 grand. But Jackie, I want to kick it to you next. What do you think is a reasonable goal for people who are first entering this market? Let's pretend we're new investors. We have nothing in our portfolios. I find XRP. What do you think is a good goal for me to begin my accumulation process? One of my favorite quotes is to define is to limit. Um, and we always talk about being the 1% in the academy. So Man, go big or go home. Why why would you limit yourself at it, you know, if you can imagine, if you can see it in your mind, you can achieve it. So, 
You're brilliant, Jackie. I want to kick it around the group, but honestly, after a statement like that, we're moving on to our next topic because we brought some fundamental news for our investors out there as FOMO Pay is going to be utilizing Ripple's on-demand liquidity for crypto-enabled treasury management. This is massive for the crypto industry, but massive for the banking industry as well because anybody who doesn't utilize this new technology, they're going to be left behind. Ripple announced a partnership with Singapore-based major payments institution FOMOPay, which will utilize Ripple's crypto-enabled enterprise technology to improve its cross-border treasury flows. Let me break that down in English, people. So anytime you see ODL, that is synonymous with XRP. So anytime you see on-demand liquidity and Ripple, that is Ripple using XRP for that on-demand liquidity. So this is really exciting because not only is it adding more utility to the XRP ledger, we may actually get a direct increase in price as more banks start using this service. But Jenna, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Ripple's been expanding during this entire bear market. And while prices seem to be going lower than before, the business is doing better than ever. And they're using the euro and the US dollar to source liquidity here. This could be massive for the global markets, but let's focus on XRP. What do you think this could mean for XRP going forward as more banks use it for its major use case? I mean, obviously, like this makes me even more bullish. This is what we love to see. We love to see these partnerships and just the fact that XRP is being used. That's what we want, and especially during these times where they're being, you know, sued by the SEC. And we see that Ripple's growing. They're hiring all the time and just expanding like crazy. So this is just more bullish news for us. That's all. Of course, more bullish news, and that's great for all of our XRP holders out there. But Gonzo, I know you know a lot about Ethereum, but you also know a lot about XRP. And when I look at this, it gets me excited because for one of the first times, XRP is being used for cross-border payments. And I think this use case is going to change the world of banking. That doesn't, it's actually not a bold statement at all. This use case is going to change the world of banking. So how do you feel that people who don't start using this for ODL, they're going to be at a massive disadvantage? Yeah, I agree with you, you know, 100%. Like, you know, people always tell us like, well, what's the use case? What's the use case? You're seeing it develop right here, right? We talked about this on the show on Monday, as far as like Ripple's concerned, they're acting as if they lost the case, right? They just continue to move forward. They continue to build. They continue to find use cases um, for, for, um, for XRP. Um, that's why we're invested in it, right? And so it just makes me super bullish like everybody else. Um, as far as like the XRP question, as far as like how much to have, um, I would spin it as more of make sure that you know how much you can invest, right? Make sure you have a budget. Make sure you know exactly how much extra income you have because it has to be income that you're that you're just basically throwing away, right? You're investing and you're not throwing away, but that's the mindset that you should have. Figure out that number first so that you know exactly how much you can put into the market and exactly how much you can put into XRP. That'll serve you well. And I knew exactly what you meant, Gonzo. It's not that you think you're going to throw it away. It's you just pretend it doesn't exist. All this money that enters the market, I'm not even thinking about until 2025. And I think a lot of mistakes that are made is when people try to play short-term games in a long-term market. But we're showing the rich list here, and it gets me excited. You only need 111000 to be in the top half of a percent of XRP accounts worldwide. That is really interesting, especially once we get to that $589 XRP those are going to be some exciting times, but I'd love to kick it to Jackie and Johnny Crypto. We only got a couple of minutes here, but let's stay on the XRP rich list for a little while. XRP, inevitably, it's going to be $10, it's going to be $50, and it's going to be three digits when it gets used for its use case. How do you feel about the rich list here indicating, Johnny Crypto, that 60,000 XRP puts you in the 1% worldwide? Well, a lot of people want to be one percenters. Now you have a chance to be a one percenter. There you go. Um, and especially at this price, you know, it's still a hefty. That's still a hefty amount, though. Um, I think the tr the question is a very tricky question because you you know nobody knows 
where XRP is going to go. I kind of put XRP in my mind at a reasonable price, so somewhere around ten to twelve dollars. So if you want to be a millionaire and you know ten to twelve dollars, then you need about a hundred thousand. You know, in my opinion. Now, can it be somewhere? You know, twenty years from now, could it be much higher? Five years from now, possibly. It could even be a hundred dollars. You know, next year, who knows? But I kind of very play it conservatively, and so I'm looking for a ten to twelve dollar price. So that's kind of, you know, the number I use. And then you t if you, you take the number that you think it's going to achieve, multiply that times the the um, the number you want and, and, you know, to get to where you want to be. So if you want to be worth a million bucks, you're going to have to divide. But that's how I'm playing that game. Abs. That's the way I'm looking at it. By the way, there was a question in there, how to join coaches uh, business training program, the Uncommon 1%. We are going to put that link either in this chat or we're going to put it down below. So give us a few minutes. We're going to get that up there, too. Perfect, guys. And I'd love to give XRP Jenna a chance to just tell our listeners not only where they can find your content, but what are some of the things that you're focusing on and maybe give some overall clarity into you've been through a bear market before. How do you get through these things? Um, this is when you look for what projects are building. This is when you take your time, you do your research, um, you're not caught up in all the FOMO, the hype, this and that. You know, definitely pick who you're following very wisely, but get out there just Check, read news yourself, find good sources and everything. I like what Jackie said too. You know, she was looking at um, launch pads and everything. Um, there's one that I'm helping out with. It's called Micrographs. So I'm not shilling, um, but it's cool because it's a Web3 um, startup and they help as an NFT launch pad, but they build all different apps. So I think stuff like that's really cool. I think low code, no code software is going to be really big in the Web3 world um, because there's so many people that can't hire developers. But I like to interview different XRPL projects. I like to see who's building. And um, that's one of my primary focuses. So I just love meeting different people and finding different projects. And you can find me. I have Jenna X on YouTube or XRP Jenna on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. And we always appreciate having you on the thank show. We're so going to close this thing off the same way we always do by saying thank you to every single one of our guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to XRP Jenna. We got 260 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button on the way out of here. And we'll close it off the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank Let's you. Let's go. <laughs> Make sure to watch the Fungible Show today. Yes. yes. 1.30 Eastern, right? 1.30 p.m. Eastern. 2.30 Eastern. 2.30 Eastern. 2.30 Eastern.